this is getting crazy. The guy's talking about sleeping in his car. I'm not leaving. Cops come. The guy thought it was also a test that the cops were there. This is how crazy this guy was. This is the power of building a brand, right? We, like, we, <laughs> I want to win. And if I don't win, I ain't giving up. Started his business from nothing, that was 2018 Came top salesman in the country multiple times, had a dream He would scale up his company and train thousands of people Give you knowledge and teach you, don't let the problems defeat you Launching Profit Rocket Alright everybody, welcome to the Profit Rocket Podcast This is episode number 12 Today I got an exciting young hustler on, my, on the podcast His name's Danny Klein, 23 years old, kicking ass He is the head, I don't know what the hell to call you Marketing for the company, sales executive, team leader. We're Got a couple it. different hats over here. All right. He's a sales executive for Elliott Group, uh, which is a fast-growing sales organization that helps people in all different genres learn how to sell and sell at a higher level. But not only that, how to level up in, in, in business and in life, which is kind of the most important part. And that's why I wanted to bring him on here because it's not all about business, right? How do you – doing business is one thing, but how do you level up your life? And that's kind of what the Elliott yep. Group's about. So, Danny, welcome to the podcast, man. Excited to have you on. Sweet pleasure to be here, man. I'm super excited, and and you hit the hail, the uh, head right on the on the nail, nail right on the head, <laughs> um, with all areas of life. I think a lot of guys like will go and try to kill it in different areas. They'll go and try to you know be the best salesperson, but they lack it in their family life or they lack it in their fitness life. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, what is true wealth? You got to have all three, in my opinion. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of guys, I mean, I know, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, man, and they always say, you know, I'm doing it for my family. Right. Yeah. And then their family's nowhere to be found. Right. They're not they're not with them. They're not they're not they're not home with their family. They're just spending too many hours at work. And I think that was something I talked to uh, actually Andy about. We were we had a conversation at my event yeah. and he started kind of bringing that up. And I was like, that's true, man. A lot of these guys are like that. So you want to kind of talk like what it is like because i know you, you're working with andy every yeah. day too i mean having his wife there you got your beautiful girlfriend here um she says she travels everywhere with you yeah she's cool she i'll deal with her for now no i'm just kidding dude uh, no it's 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 awesome working with a group of guys you know i got my assistant sean i got my girlfriend val here it's it's amazing to be able to have people that support you um like the team is everything i think our biggest thing with our company that people don't really understand yet is our team is everything we run everywhere our whole team is all involved in building the company is all involved in and in helping it's like you don't just get Andy you get a whole support system you get a whole team but back to the family thing um, I grew up with divorced parents I grew up um, split father delivered freaking dominoes for for years he had a disability mom wasn't really present she was like working trying to support the household and I kind of pretty much like, you know, raised myself. So seeing that, like not having that family, like growing up, like I'm young, like I don't have kids or anything. I'm not married or anything yet, but I can know that I want to be able to pave the way to be able to have all three. I don't just want to have, you know, just have money. I want to be able to have money, family, fitness. I want to be able to have all those things. So being around guys like Andy, being around guys like Jackie, the marriage that they built, the team that they've built, how they've impacted my life, you know, I want to be able to replicate that and, you know, and the power of mentorship is huge, right? Like, you know, I remember being your age, right? 23, which is still crazy. You don't act like yourself when you're 23. You don't carry yourself like you're 23. And a lot of that does come back to mentors, right? So you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, you're 23. What were you doing before you got into this? And, and how do you think you've grown over the last couple of years? Because, you know, I've, I've been around you the last couple of days, and I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't act like a 23-year-old because I was wild as shit at 23. No, hell no. So I guess I'll start. I went to – went to college for maybe a semester 
partied, just like you said, fucking crazy as shit. <laughs> Did a lot of drugs, smoked a lot of weed, drank, partied, was around the wrong crew. Six months in, and, and Gary Vee was kind of the guy that I was my first kind of exposure to, you know, the self-development space and just watching guys that, like, had a different perspective because you're just around a bunch of losers. So I'm watching this guy, and he's like, fuck this, you don't need college. And I'm, like, just obsessive. I'm watching it over and over and over. I stopped showing up to classes, and I'm just immersing myself in YouTube content from different guys. And I'm like, you know what, fuck this. I'm not going back. So drop out of school. Parents are like, what are you going to do? Hey, are you okay? I'm like, dude, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Like, I'm not fucking going back. Like, I'll figure it out. So, deliver Chinese food for about a year, some change, worked some bullshit jobs, was making like $3,000 a month. I have a one-bedroom apartment with my dad. He's sleeping on the couch. He's literally, he gives me the one-bedroom just to kind of give you the type of, type of man he was. And he actually, uh, he actually ended up passing away like two years ago. Crazy, crazy incident. I'll get into that. But grew up with him, split parents, delivered Chinese food. Then I started selling cars. So, I'm working out one day. And I'm in the gym, and I see one of my buddies I used to wrestle with. And I'm like, yo, what's up, man? How you been? We're shooting this shit. And uh, he's like, you know, how you been? I'm like, yeah, I'm delivering Chinese food. You know, kind of embarrassed to even fucking talk to anybody. And uh, I'm like, how have you been? He's like, well, I'm selling cars. And I'm like, how's that? He's like, well, it's, it's fucking great. And I'm like, what's great? And he's like, well, I made $15,000 last month. And I was the head, like, I was the, um, the captain for the wrestling team while he was on fucking JV. And I'm like, dude, this guy's making $15,000? I was like, dude, it was like one of the the most piercing moments of my life where I was like, dude, I feel like I, I just let this kid down. And um, long story short, his dad was a general manager of a dealership. And he's like, I'll get you a job. Didn't have any confidence. I fucking sat on it for about three months until I finally got fed up with smoking weed, playing video games, and delivering Chinese food for the next 90 days. And then uh, went in, got my ass kicked for about six months, and then COVID hit. So like I was probably selling eight cars a month. I'm in an old school store. Like these veterans are stomping all over me. New guys don't last. Hey, fuck you, right? Um, that's my appointment. You know, they wouldn't let you get any kind of leads. So I find Andy on YouTube. COVID hits. COVID is just like they're like, hey, we're gonna lay off half of the floor if you guys aren't like killing it. You know, we're just gonna have to let you go. And I'm like, no fucking way. There's no way. I'm looking at these guys that like are just dog shit, and they're making twenty thousand dollars a month. And I'm like. There's no way that I can't do that. But obviously, looking at myself in the mirror, I'm not as good as I think I am. Find Andy on YouTube. I watch a YouTube video. The next day, I close like a seven or $8,000 deal, make like a $1,500 commission. Still living in a one-bedroom apartment, still driving around a $2,000 beater. I'm like, holy fuck, that's my way out. I text Andy. This is when he had about three to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, if that. I just said, thank you. Changed my fucking life, dude. This is crazy. Get on a phone call. Start training with them, start killing it. I scaled to like twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month selling cars, and I only sold cars for like a little less than two years. But I started killing it, you know, moved all the way up to like one of the top Toyota guys in the country for gross per copy, and then uh, dad passes away. This is in January of 2021. Dad passes away. He ends up uh, drowning in a pool. Holy shit. He had uh, yeah, he had like, we never really figured out he was like really bad health, right? So yeah. he um. Just we never really knew what it was. I don't. I still to this day don't know if it, if it was a, if it was heart attack, if it was a stroke, or what it was. But I know that he used to pass out a lot. So I think that he passed out, ended up drowning in a pool. And then the next day, um, I text Andy and he calls me. He's like, "Hey, I want you to come work for me." And it was like, it was like God was like, "Hey, this is this is your fucking mission. This is your path." And uh, I said, "Dude, I'm in." Like broke down in tears. I was like, "Dude, freaking crazy." He he had helped me already make this amount of money, and I was like, "Dude, I'm in." 
So literally 30 days later, after everything kind of, you know, clears over with the family, pack all my shit, sell my shit, move across the country. And uh, that's when we started in the school in Arizona. I mean, talk about that a little bit, man. Like, like the emotions that are already going through that. Like, you just have a, a life-changing, altering moment, anyways. Mm-hmm. Your dad passing. I lost my dad in uh, in 2021 as well, so I kind of understand how that goes. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's crazy to even like when you're going through it. Because I still remember when my dad passed. I was in the middle of, hey, I just I'm about to launch this training company. I'm about how to have this. Was this? this was uh, this was last year. So wow. it was in 2021 in, uh, so same year. in April. Yeah. So I how, lost how my. How old was your dad? He was 56. 56. Yeah. So he um, he had died. He had health complications for a while and stuff. But, he, you know, it was kind of crazy because I still remember, you know, I'm already at the point where I'm like ready to like, my life's like ready to change. Right. And I still yeah. remember he's my, you know, I didn't, my dad didn't die suddenly like yours. So like he was, you know, he was on his deathbed. And, yeah. and I remember telling him all the cool shit. I'm like, dad, I got this going on. I'm about to have this event. I got all these people coming and all this stuff. And, and I didn't think I really had much time to really grieve it. Like when he passed away, like I was still hundred miles an hour trying to grow it. So, you know, how have you dealt with that? Have you just kind of just pushed that's through so it? That's so crazy. And that's such a, that's such a good question because I didn't have any time to really grieve. I think I grieved through helping people. You know, I look up and what allowed me to grieve was having someone else call me. Cause once you're in the coaching space and you're helping people, you know, sales training, we call it sales training. I think it's label. I think we're, we're, it's life training. Yeah. Right. But as you're coaching people and they're like, hey, my grandma passed away, my dad passed away. You get into these conversations, you start telling them the shit that you need to tell yourself. And you're like, so after call, 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 you start to realize that like, dude, I haven't even really grieved for myself. But I think I grieve through helping other people. Um, I almost, I tell people, I feel like I'm living two lives sometimes. You know, yeah. you, almost, I, you probably feel the same way where it's like, you have an extra strength that was passed on to you because you're moving so fast. You don't have time to have a pity party and get depressed and be like oh you know I need to grieve and go through the normal you know grieving process it's almost like your father was like dude here's the strength to go and to go and fucking run you know I think I got you know obviously with my dad not passing suddenly it was a little bit of a relief because I mean the sudden thing is difficult man I and and obviously I'm really sorry to hear that it's first time talking about it and but I like with my dad like I remember him being on the deathbed and I'm like dude dad should I like I'm like should I cancel my event or like should I just not push forward with this stuff you know and and he's like, no, he's like, I'd be fucking pissed if you didn't go do this. He's like, you know, he's like, I think he's like, he's like, I don't understand it because my dad worked at Home Depot forever, you know, and he, he never really did much after a nine to five, you know, yep. and he before he passed, he was working for me. So he got to kind of help me build my business over the last couple of years, which was cool. So I still remember the day I called him. This was in uh, 2018. I just launched the business and my dad's living in San Diego. I said, hey, dad, I think I got something going here. What's it going to take for you to move back to back to you know back to Huntington Beach and come work for me? And that was the best call I ever made because I got to spend the last couple of years with my dad working with him. But I still remember being on the deathbed. I'm telling him all this stuff. He's like, son, I don't understand any of this shit. He's like, I don't understand like how like like I was trying to like yeah. you know rationalize how big this stuff You're is. You're thinking and, really big, and, and, and he's and like, dude, what the hell? But he's like, I tell you one thing. He's like. I don't want you crying for me, and I just want to make sure that you go and you go chase your dreams and just kind of stuff like that. And I still remember, you know, last year we had Grant Cardone came to my event, and I was, you know, the right after my dad passed, you know, six months before that. And I'm on stage with Grant Cardone, and he's talking about his dad, and I still like, I'm like, holy shit, like both of us. That's were like, so crazy. Don't do it. That's so crazy to think about. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely molded us um, to be like the like like my girlfriend always tells me tells me she's like you don't seem like 23, and I think. When something like that happens, like in a man's life, you 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 grow up very fast. Stuff shifts very fast in your life. Yeah. So circling back to the the car dealership, it's kind of crazy. We have a similar story. You just got to start a little bit younger than me, which you know, jealous because by the time you're my age, I think you're going to be a very very successful person, which is which is badass. 
So circling back, you got into you got into cars, you got that first big paycheck, and you're like, dude, I remember my first big paycheck at doing HVAC sales, and <laughs> the same as you, dude. Like when I got, I was trying to figure out a way to get out of what I was doing because I had, dude, I had yeah. no money. I was broke, driving the two thousand dollar beater. Yep. And I still remember the first time they showed me the pay plan for what I did. They're like, I'm like, I'm gonna get paid that much. I called it's my chick. Over. I literally called my chick. I said, "You're never working another day in your life." She's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "You gotta wait. Wait till you see what they're gonna pay me to do this shit." You know. So kind of similar, similar story. But what resonated with me is that you're having that conversation with Andy, who's doing all these YouTube videos and all this stuff, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's kind of cool because yeah. I'm getting the same thing as you. Is I'm getting these guys that have been watching me, and I don't. You never, you never get praised. So anybody that does watch YouTube videos, stuff like that, reach out to the guy and say thank you. Yeah. Because sometimes I, I'm like, am I doing it's a this? Compound effect. I think of everyone thinking that you know you're famous now or you're a celebrity. It's like, dude, we're the same type of people you guys are, except we just have to shoot a couple videos for the business. <laughs> well, well, I think it drives me too, because I think that's one thing is you don't get it like you're like, man, is it even worth it? And am I helping mm -hmm. people? And then you get the you know the people like you, and you get the success stories, and someone's like, dude, your videos changed my life. Your videos, I started making more money than yep. I've ever made before. So I think it's it's a big deal, and I think that's you know what we're doing now, and what you're doing now is you get that you get to be in that opportunity, right? Um, so you quit your job, making twenty grand a month. Yeah, so I quit my. It was like twenty. I think my best month was like right, just shy of like thirty thousand dollars a month, and um, I actually ended up switching to a different dealership because I thought I was hot shit, and it ended up not being the opportunity. So it was like I, everything kind of fell in line, and it was funny. Like you had the conversation with your father. Um, before he had, you know, passed away, I was telling my dad the same thing. I'm like, hey, I'm going back out to train, you know, you know, I'm about to make the shift and this and that. But um, no, I was making shit almost thirty thousand dollars a month. And then Andy calls me and it's like, hey, come. Then ask for a pay plan. Like you, you had the pay plan laid out. I'm like, fuck it. This guy showed me how to make thirty thousand. Like I'm just gonna go and we're gonna figure it out and we're gonna build this thing. So I went back to, you know, not really making a whole lot to help build this thing off the ground. We're selling three hundred dollar courses. $100 courses, seminars for $1,000, and it's like, dude, it's a big change going straight from in-person sales to phone sales, and then also you're coaching people. It's like you went from making $250,000 a year to now you're like back to making like five grand, and you're coaching people how to make 300 grand. It's like, shit, you, you go through this, am I an imposter? Holy shit, but then it's also, it's like I have the capabilities to do this. I'm just in a different business, and I'm, and I'm building, but you know, now I've scaled way, way past that. Um, and then just been killing it. So, you know, talk about that a little bit. I mean, you start out and everyone thinks that you just start out a training company, you start making money, right? Like hand over fist. And, and it's not the case. And you guys are selling $300 courses. Like where's the money in that, right? And yeah. You want to talk about the, the early stages of you coming in? Like, how did you make money? Like, what was like, what did you make off a of $300? Like, there's not yes, much money to go 80, around. You 80, know? Bucks. 80 bucks. 80 bucks. 80 bucks. <laughs> so my first day was with Sean Pollard and uh, these guys have built everything. We, I, I, uh, my biggest part in all this is just pushing and help spread the message to Randy. This guy has literally the one that's built all the videos. He's built the whole business. I'm just a, I'm a supplement that's added to him and also, you know, been given opportunity to help branch and to build on top of it. But, dude, it was crazy coming in because, like, I got handed a stack of leads. Paper, good old paper stack of leads. Like, yeah. like a movie. And I'm like, what's this? And he's like, well, these are all people that have ever, you know, inquired about anything. And I'm like. All right, I got a highlighter and I got a pen and I just went down the line, just started checking in. And uh, my the way my style was, I didn't really try to go and just hard close like everybody. I went in was just trying to like give value, 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 you know, kind of like Gary Vee, jab, jab, right hook. And then that helped me kind of, you know, just kill it out of the gate. So, I mean, the power of that, I mean, I think this, this is a conversation every sales organization has, right? Yeah. Is 
calling the fucking leads. Like that's the, call the fucking leads, dude. And, that, and that's a, I think that's the hardest thing. And you know, we talked about this at dinner last night about other ways to get engaged with people yep. now. And we'll, we'll go over that a little bit, but I mean, the power of just picking up the, the leads. Like, so we have a, a mutual, I guess, friend, right. And he's an employee of mine now. And I couldn't, he couldn't get a sale for the first couple of weeks. And I'm like, dude, why haven't you sold anything? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I haven't had any leads. I'm like, you're waiting for leads to come in. Right now, you got. I gave you a list of hundreds and hundreds of people to go dial. Probably over a thousand people to dial. Have you called any of them? Well, no. And the magic we started. All of a sudden, he started dialing. He's like, "Oh, I got a bunch of leads. I got these things set." I'm like, "Dude, that's literally all you got to do." And I think that's what literally separates the the companies that can't figure it out to the companies that figure it out is like this the sales portion of it. So you want to talk about a little bit about that because I know Andy's big on phone sales, right? We're, everything is phone sales. I think honestly, it's it, it is a numbers game. But the way that I get, you, you're getting, so it's like you get handed a stack of 100 leads. The way that you're going to get those deals is one, one call at a time, one person at a time, one connection at a time, and just really trying to figure out, hey, why do I have this person's information? And we always believe that, like, you know, if I have this person's information, they knocked on the door, they're here in person, that I got their information for a reason. And whether they did or didn't buy, you know, it has nothing to do with me. Because if I'm on the phone with you, I'm going to get you to pass go. I'm going to figure out what your real problem is. But it just comes down to, to just really believing in yourself. You know, like I think people overthink phone sales because they're used to the face to face or they're scared of the rejection. And uh, it's almost like they're, they're like paralyzed by the fear and indecision, not knowing what to say, what's coming. And it's like, dude, just jump first, figure out the rest of shit later. And I think it's, you know, I, you know, obviously a lot of home service people listen to this. And, and one of the biggest failures in our industry is not calling the leads after someone leaves. So someone goes to the house, rep goes to the house, he quotes the person, yep. he leaves there. And they're expecting that that sales guy to keep following up and they don't put anybody internally to call it. And what happens when you're a sales rep that's fed four leads a day and you keep getting four leads every single day, you think you're gonna keep following up with yeah, everybody? Stop you're following just, up with the old leads. Yeah, you're not hungry. Like you're you just keep getting fucking spoon fed all day. You're not gonna follow, you're not even gonna worry about those. And and when I come into companies and I start talking to them and I say, Look, you know, you wanna make I'll I'll say two million dollars of the bottom line next year, next year. They're like, Well, how can I do that? I said, You're not gonna need any more customers than you already have. How's that possible? I'm like, watch. I said, give me, give me one of your reps, anybody in your office. Let me teach them for an hour, and I will show them exactly how to add a million dollars plus to your bottom line every single year. And they're like, that's bullshit. And I said, okay, watch. It's the truth. And literally half the time, I'm just like, literally, I'm like, all you have to do is call and say, hey, this is Victor with Absolute Airflow. I was just calling to do a quality assurance check. And then we just figure out what, how, the, how the call yep. went. And then from there, you can adjust. And then you have internally, you get to figure out where your bottom line is, needs to be, right? We and, actually have an event strictly for, for – it's called the Boiler Room. So yeah. we had about probably 80 people come out from all around the country. And uh, we tell these guys to bring 1,000 leads. And from 9 to 5, we're, it's, they're, all, they're all cold, old leads, previously sold customers, just people that have done business with their dealership. We ended up setting 1,200, 1,200 appointments in a span of 10 hours or whatever it is, eight hours throughout that day from 80 people. Yeah. We're literally, we did teach them a specific outreach. And I think the problem is with when you're cold calling, you don't have any specific outreach. Like, I think the first 30 seconds of the phone call is the most important, if not the first like five seconds. Like, what is your intro? Are you, are you waiting for them to give you an objection or are you taking control and yeah. starting to ask them some important questions with some number one authority and number two, curiosity? If people don't know that like you sound important or they're not curious to stay on the phone a little bit longer, they're going to say, hey, I'm busy. Now's not a good time. You're going to start getting objections when in reality, you just need to kick the ball a little bit further down the field and continue a conversation. Yeah, and we just have you got to open up with customers. you got to figure out, you know, how I, – I feel, I feel like the main thing is as long as you don't call and it sounds like you're selling something, that's how I usually lead in. I just call and say, hey, I'm just here to help. I'm trying to figure out how yep. everything went. 
hey, it looks like you filled out something online uh, from one of our websites. I just wanted to call and see, you know, obviously talk to you a little bit about that and figure out if there's anything else I can help you with. And just a little conversation and getting them talking, right, and then having the right conversation, little, the right questions to ask yep. is key. So when you guys are calling, you guys, I mean, for me, like I have a specific, obviously I have a, a script that we go off of. Yep. And I also have like, my guys have like a cheat code of like, if you ask these questions, like exactly what they yeah. do. Is that what you guys kind of teach on or? Yeah, so we'll teach. Um, we have objections and word tracks for the car business, for the solar industry. We love to build some out for the HVAC industry. Um, but we've just built out different word tracks for these guys. When someone says, hey, I'm not interested, I'll get back with you. I got a few more cars to look at. Hey, what's your best price? What's my payment? Um, we'll build out those different word tracks. So that way, um, when they go in, we call it uh, battle tested, you know, battle games yeah. like, if I'm gonna hit you over and over and over, how you get paid as a salesperson is turning no's into yeses. If you can't get someone, you know, from a no to a yes, you're not gonna be able to get paid because literally, out of the gate, you're just, you're going through what is the average? It's like eight to ten no's to get a sale or something. Like, I think one of the you know it's kind of funny. I think one of the hardest sales to make is actually getting people to show up to an event. So you want to talk a little bit about <laughs> that because I think that you know everybody likes to procrastinate on events because yeah. they know that motherfucker ain't gonna be sold out till you know yep. whatever. And I think, you know, unless there's some kind of incentive, but most of the time you're, you're, you're having to push these people and chase them down for something that like, 100%. I'm going to go get it done later. Do you have anything that you kind of push on that on, on how do you get these guys to actually move forward? Cause if there's no urgency, it's like, you know, when I'm selling an air conditioner, I could build urgency yep. when I'm doing this, I can build urgency. But when I got an event fucking three months from now, yep. how do you build urgency on that? We use this thing called quick pops. So I'd say like, Hey Victor, anything that should be done today shouldn't be put off for tomorrow. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Okay, let's get it done. Let's the card. Like, we're going to use quick pops. And there's like, there's probably, I have, I, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a one liner guy. So, like, I have a bunch of different one liners. Like, I'd be like, hey, Victor, you know, do you believe that you have the, the potential to make more money? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay, why aren't you? Yeah. And then they'll be like, well, I'm being lazy. I'm like, okay, okay, because you procrastinate, because you're lazy. You're not putting things in place um, to be able to take action. You know, you've settled. We, we, what we basically do is give these guys a pep talk and then, uh, a lot, a lot of people, they just got, they're just so stuck with indecision. I think it's, and that's part of like a lot of people's failure. I would think like, you know, I've make so many decisions a day and I, I always, I think you have to make quick decisions and a lot of decisions if yeah. you want to be successful. So many guys will sit there and freaking think about it and wait on it and do all this stuff. I use the analogy of, of school a lot. Like a lot of kids that are my age that are 18, 19, 20, like a lot of the sales industry, like when you get in, you're 18 to 25, right? I think we're in a lot of people find the sales industry because yeah. no one really plans to get in sales. It just kind of happens. I didn't plan to get in the car business. You probably didn't plan to get in sales. It just kind of ended up happening. And, um, you know, these guys, they, they stumble in and end up making a whole bunch of money. And I, and I think because we have a product between the two of us, like that actually changes people's businesses and lives. I think that's, that's one of the things that's like, you have conversation with these people and I'm like, same thing with my blueprint or whatever sales training I'm teaching. It's like, dude, the second you make the decision is going to change your yeah. life. You're going to be a different person. You're going to make more money. You're going to, your business is going to take off. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do. Cause I think like, um, obviously you started this business you're trying to help people and you know, you're going into different genres now, as far as sales, how has that been? Cause I know going, you know, you get labeled as a car salesman, you get yeah. labeled as this, we, right? How has that been? It's, it's been a quick transition. Uh, we honestly got more outreach from different industries. So we have a, uh, our inbound leads and we get messages from people and they'll say, you know, Hey, I'm in insurance sales or Hey, I'm in solar. Hey, I'm in car sales. Hey, I've had like, people are like, Hey, I'm a dentist. We get pretty much everything from A to Z. And, uh, the market was pretty much there for us. 
because yeah. there's if you look up sales training, there's nobody. there really isn't a whole bunch. Or if there is, it's outdated stuff. It's stuff that brings friction into the deal. It's just stuff that doesn't really re- resonate with post-COVID 21st century like communication skills. So yeah. people find Andy, and it's really descriptive. It's high energy. It's empathetic. And people just people love it. So we had a lot of people just reach outbound, and then we just started creating new stuff. Because if you if I got ten people, like I'd go to Andy. I said, dude, I got ten solar salespeople. You know, we have a car sales objection training course. You know, we need a solar sales, and then we just start building them. We start taking the same word tracks, and uh, and we switch them, and we pretty much just make them for for different industries. So one of the weird things I always find is like people are like uh, you know come to me like, well, your training's for HVAC. I said, dude, the training sales is it's sales. Sales is like, sales. Like, it's all I the can, same thing. I literally will go make the videos, and I'll take the same exact thing, and then put it and say the same exact word, but say plumbing, right? Or say electrical, literally. or say cars. And it doesn't really matter what it is, but everybody, I, it's weird because everybody wants to feel like they're all warm and fuzzy. Oh, he knows my industry. Dude, yeah, people, sales is fucking sales. That's man. the truth. People, it's people skills. It's communication skills. If you know how to connect with somebody, I don't care. If I put you in car sales, or if I even put you in our company, you probably do. You probably do all right because you know how to communicate with people and move toward, uh, people towards a uh, decision. Yeah, I mean, I had a you know my one of my reps for for Profit Rocket. He came from. He did a. Uh, what's it called? Auto refinance. So he was calling. Oh cold, yeah. He was calling 400 cold leads. Like some people that haven't filled out a form 10 years ago and calling those all day to, to, to convert them. 10 into, years. 10 years ago. He's like, dude, someone be like, I'm already, you that guy's, call out a phone book. that person's fucking dead. And he's like, Oh my bad. <laughs> but you want to, you want to refinance your car. Right. Yeah. And when he came in, he came into HVAC and he sold his first month, $350,000, which every, like, what the fuck? Everybody's like, how's that possible? And then now he's in the profit rock and he sold a, you know, he sold a million and a half in a month. Yeah. And he's like, dude, how is like, everybody's like, it's, you know, how is he coming into all these different industries? I'm like sales is sales is sales. Yep. It's confidence and knowing when to ask questions and how to ask questions is what pushes you to that next level, I guess. I believe intention is huge too. You said something earlier. Um, like when you first outreach, you're like, we don't even try to pitch them or anything. Like we, we just have a conversation. People can smell your intentions. Like when you're on the phone, like when you first make a first phone call and they're answering it, like they can smell if you have intentions, whether you got the best product in the world or whether you're like, you know, trying to sell them whatever, whether they're not interested in something that that intention and that gut feeling that you give somebody is the biggest thing. that you. Well, can I think them. that's that's what separates you guys is, you know, when conversating with you, because I met a lot of influencers, I've met a lot of sales trainers from the biggest names to the smallest names. Right. And. When you meet people, you can tell their intentions. When you met, when I met Andy, there's his intentions. Obviously, his job is to sell stuff and make money. That's his business. But his intentions and your intentions and everybody on your team, your intentions weren't just to sell. It's yeah. to like, hey, build a relationship. And so many guys, and, and as they get bigger, they forget about that part, right? Yeah. And people are like, how come, how come I can go start a business and do this? I'm like, I've built trust. Yeah. I've never been out to fuck anybody, and if I do anything wrong, I pay, I'll give them their money back or whatever yeah. it is. And so many guys are so in it for the quick buck, they forget about the long-term effect of, of how they treat customers, right? It's trickle-down, and we were talking about someone I was listening to his, literally his YouTube talking to, or his uh, yep. Zoom call yesterday, talking to his customers, and I'm like, dude, you can't talk to your it's customers crazy. like that. Eventually, you'll have no customers. So you guys want to talk about how you guys really are attentive on how you treat people because i like i said the second i met you people want to feel two things they want to feel important and they want to feel significant and i think people go and they they think that they need to go and flex or do all these things to impress different people our special edge is just making people feel important and significant and also having no ego no pride so if i might if i meet somebody i was i was dead broken on me uh two years ago how i treat that person the same person that i treat you know 500 million dollar ceo it don't matter to me because that person just like andy treated me like i'm on my way in my head to believe you know that I'm on that path, and if I can do that with somebody, then they'll have that same belief. But if I treat them like, like they're not anybody, which a lot of this is where a lot of people miss the ball. How you're going to build your business is by taking the little guys and building them up to be the big guys. Yeah. But a lot of people are trying to, oh, I want to find the big clients and the big deals. You fucking missed it. 
you take that little guy and you build that guy and you, and you trust that guy and you show him love and you make him feel important, significant, you train him to actually make some money, dude, he ain't never leaving you. Anytime you call him, you know, and you need something or, you know, he needs something or he's going to get better, he's going to keep coming back to do business with you over and over and over. So started with the little guys, man. And that's, and that's kind of how I built my business. I have a lot of people who are like, oh, you're, you only attract a little contractor. And I said, well, I'm okay with that because you know what? There's a lot more little guys than there is big guys. And, you know, some of, the, some of my clients and I'm like, I got a client that was doing $300,000 a year last year. He had three, he had three trucks on the road, barely making any money. And he just came to my training. He's been to now he's been to 10 different trainings, but he's, he just hit over $3 million one year later. He's got 12 trucks on the road and he's dominating one of the smallest markets in the country. So where it's like, you can go grow in a big market. He's growing in a market with less than a hundred thousand people. And he's grown to $3 million in 12 months. You have to, you have to start with the, with the quote-unquote smaller guy we started with salespeople. if we would have went out and tried to start with dealers i mean it wouldn't have worked because we the way we've had our whole thing go we have warm leads coming in for these dealers left and right our guys let me be honest we don't do a whole lot of cold calling yeah. we have so much warm business and so much follow-up from people that have reached out at certain times i have a better chance at taking um let's say the guy who's a car hand is now the top salesman i have yeah. a way better chance at calling this guy and saying hey does your gm like what you've done so far you think you get your gm on a call that's how pretty much all these guys sign up. Well, that resonates with, with my industry, the people that are listening to home services, right? Going to get a new customer is expensive. It's very hard to get a new customer. So many people in my industry don't even bother to actually reuse the customers they have. Like I had 70,000 customers in my database. I'm constantly staying in contact That's with true. them, asking them for referrals, asking stuff like that, where most people are like, oh, I want the new, 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 new. And I'm like, dude, a new customer in my industry is $500 per fucking lead, okay? $500 yeah. per customer to call your phone, and then you got to mm -hmm. hopefully convert them. When you got thousands of people sitting there, you haven't even called them or talked to them in months or years or whatever yeah. it is, and that's where your money's sitting. Your money's not in the new people. The new people are going to come in if you do badass work, yep. but your customers that you have are the ones you really need to nurture. And the same conversation we have with my customers is, a, hey, look, once you've done business with me, once you've spent money with yep. me, you are ahead of everybody else. So a new guy calls in tomorrow and he wants service and you call in at the same time and want service, I'm going to the guy that's already spent money with me because you're my family now. Yep. And that's how we treat every customer. That's where, how you're going to build referrals and you're going to build an empire anyway. Everyone yeah, wants how, to yeah. go and they want to try to get the new clients. Those clients are harder to, to get than the guys that have already done business and have seen, if you have a good business and you're doing good work, like which you are and which we are, then they're going to they're gonna get results. So it's like, why not ask that person for friends, family, coworkers for, you know, for referrals and go out and try to, you know, build someone back up. Well, it's also nurturing too. Like, you know, a lot of there's, you know, sales trainers in my industry and they probably listen to this and mm -hmm. dude, they just, it's a smash and grab. They want to get as much money yep. as they can the very first time. And then if they come back, they come back. Where it's like, dude, if you would have just done, you know, a little bit of business over time, not going smash the little guy doesn't have that much money, smash him over his head, take his money. And now he doesn't have any money and he's never going to do business with you again. I would rather that person keep coming back to me yep. for the next five, 10, 15 years, a little bit and not having to take advantage of people. And I think there's so many guys out there that will literally take advantage. I'm like, I charge the least amount of money I possibly can. And if I can't help you, I won't yep. take your money. And that's, that's how I've always operated. And so many people in our industry, in the training industry or whatever it is, they'll take the money, even though they know they can't help that yep. fucking person. We don't realize it's a people business. Like it's all people. It's not what our training is. It's not, they don't come for, for the word tracks. We, we lure people in with sales training and we show them how to change their fucking life. We should, we tell them, Oh, here's, they, they come in to, to learn objections. They jump on a zoom call. Now we're, we're talking about the physical, the mental, the business and all these things, because I can go and teach you all the word tracks, but nothing gonna fucking matter if you're not, if you're an alcoholic or if, if you're not, if you don't treat your, your girl right, or if things aren't right at home or if your mental shit, like none of these are going to stick in your career because I think, um, 
as a salesperson and as a business person, if you're trying to learn and grow, then you have to have your mental like above all. But people think they have the they're like, oh, I don't need the mental. Dude, yes, you do. The mental toughness, I could take away all the sales training and I could give you mental toughness. This guy will make more money than than the guy that thinks that he has all the training, but he don't have the mental toughness. Yeah, and, and it's it comes out too. So if you're if you want to be a sales rep and you're not confident in yourself and your life or everything you're doing, mm-hmm. it's gonna come out to that customer, right? Like there's no when you get to a level where you're confident in everything that you do from the day you moment you wake up to the time you go to sleep, that customer is gonna be able to feel that, right? You'd be you could be around some of these sales guys and you could tell they have they might act big, but they got little dick energy when you really start talking <laughs> to them, right? And when there's the guys that are so confident in their stuff, it's because they, yeah. they have their shit handled, right? They're not lying to themselves. They're not bullshitting themselves. Yeah. They can be truthful. When I walk in a room, I don't got to bullshit. I know the, yeah. who I am, and I know what I stand for. Therefore, everything I say is believable. But so many guys don't even know what they stand for, and then they're trying to get people to believe their bullshit. Yeah. And sales is a transfer of beliefs from one person to the next. And if you can't transfer that belief, you're never yeah. going to be able to sell anyways. Yeah, we call it the, the transfer of emotion. If I can yeah. take the way I feel about my product and service and push it into you, you'll say yes and Pasco every time. Yeah, and that's the same conversation I have with my sales reps. And I'm like, if you don't believe in the product, you're never going to sell it. Right, and if if you can't get the cut, if you don't, you, believe you might in as well it, leave. If you, you don't, don't believe in what you sell, go fucking sell something else. You better learn to believe in what you do. Go through the program, do something, or go to sell something else because it'll never work. You ever seen a sales rep sell something that don't believe in it? It's like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they don't study either. So I think you know when you circle back and you're like, I'm on YouTube and I'm watching Andy and watching all this stuff. People think like, oh, you just showed up and started selling twenty thousand or making twenty thousand a month. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time and energy and effort outside of work. Like people think like I went from, you know, eight years ago or be eight years in March since I got in this industry knowing nothing. Do you think I just fucking magically showed up and I know everything? The amount of time, energy and effort that we put in behind the scenes to be able to get where we're at. Like I go talk to people who have been doing this for 30 years and I make them feel insignificant because guess what? I put in more time, energy and effort in eight years than they did in 30 years. And I think that's something that's huge too. So to speak a testament to you is like you knew nothing about what you're selling two years ago to now where you're able to teach it to other people, which yeah. is not easy to do. And you teach it with conviction because you put the time, energy, and effort in behind the scenes to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, if you're not putting in the work behind the scenes, everything's going to get exposed. I think right now, these next 12 to 18 months, I think our entire industry is going to get exposed. The guys that are truly doing the work, the guys that have truly studied. One thing I like about Andy so much is you can watch a YouTube video from two weeks ago and watch it, another video from you know two weeks you know fast forward. He has new language. He's teaching it in a different way, in a different perspective. And also, if you study him closely enough, you can tell that he's taken 10 or 20 different people that have been the best or been the most iconic, the most educational in our industry, and he's taken different things and these different ideas, and he's spinning them and making them better. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not doing that and elevating in these areas, because how, we're, how uh, you know, salespeople are getting paid is by um, speaking skills. You're getting paid to speak better, to communicate better, to influence, to close and persuade. And if you're not advancing that, that technique and that communication skill, you're staying the same. But most people think that like all it is after a certain point is just hard work. Dude, I would much rather learn to get someone to, to say yes in an easier way. I'd rather put the time in two hours a night training yeah. than sit there and just work my ass off and just make the same amount it's like well, everybody thinks it's reinventing the wheel right it's 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 r&d right rob and duplicate everybody everything you've done has already been done before how do i take it and make it better so you got to r&d rob and duplicate their shit and then mm-hmm. figure out a way to turn it into something new and that makes that can make you more money or whatever it is so 
we can talk about sales all day. Uh, one thing that a lot of my you know people are listening, one of the things they always are wondering is, dude, how did you build a personal brand? So you want to talk about kind of like the power of what Andy's starting to build with his personal brand, yeah. what you're working on your personal brand, 100%. Um, and how that's impacted your business. Because I think a lot of people are so scared to put themselves out there that it, it almost like it's going to hit this, their business isn't going to be able to grow because yeah. they're not willing to talk about it. I always say this, and this is so, sort of unfortunate, but also very fortunate if you just take action. Someone could be half as skilled as you, but if they have a brand, they're going to steal your customers. Um, and honestly, how I've been able to build my brand, number one, Andy paved a path for me to build it a little faster than most people. But also at the same time, if as long as you're just, you have uh, some value, you have to have some value, you have to yeah. have something fucking good to say then all you have to do is copycat the guys that are already killing it. Like, if someone wants to kill it, I would look at Victor's videos, and I would say, okay, what is Victor doing? What is Danny doing? What is Andy? What's Brad doing? What is their content? What's built their brand? I would just study the guys that have badass brands, and I would just steal it. Like, I think there's so much information, there's so much stuff on YouTube and on the internet that people think that, like, they need a new technique or a new strategy. When in reality, most people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. I could show you how to build a brand. You you, you know how to build a brand because... I'm on your feet every day. So it's like, what is he doing? Okay, he's posting videos and he's got some captions. Okay, let me uh, learn something. Let me post a video and get some captions and then let me just do it a lot. And then you'll get to a next stage and you'll say, okay, well, this is costing me too much time. I got to pay for it. Yeah. And then you have other guys pay for it. And there's, there's levels to it, but um, I'm big on three things. Consistency, clarity, and community. And those three things that you've built and, and what uh, Andy's built, and that's what allowed us to scale. So consistency, meaning you're consistently posting, you're consistently liking, commenting, engaging, clarity, meaning that like they're clear on who you are, what you do, where you're at, how great at what you do. And then uh, community, meaning you're building, you're building, uh, you're building fans, yeah. you know, you're building a community of people. You build those three things. That's how you build a true ba- uh, brand that you can actually monetize. And well, you also, you have to actually be, a lot of people are so worried about doing stuff for free that they're never going to make any money doing it anyways. Because oh, a dude. lot of guys, they want to only put out stuff that's going to be driving them towards their business. Like, I don't talk about buy my product, buy my product. You'll Just lose. Say, I'm not the fucking sham wow guy. I'm giving out free information, right, in different ways, right? And yep. then they're like, oh, shit, I like that information. How do I get mm-hmm. more? Then it leads them down a funnel into what we what I actually do. But I'm not going out there and saying, oh, come buy my product. No, it's, hey – Here's some information. Hopefully it helps you. And then they start following you. And then guess what? Everything else becomes easier to sell. You need to put your best content content out like upfront. I think most people are scared like, oh, I'm just going to put the little nuggets. Like, dude, put the best stuff that you can upfront. Put as much as you can. Because yeah. people are going to reach out. They're going to want more. What they're really paying for is accountability in, in our program. It's like there's so much content out there. And there's advanced. There's more advanced stuff that we have. But I tell guys like all the time, man, if you had to write a checkout for how much the YouTube content has already made you, do you think it at least would pay for the training that we're about to you know, sign up for? Oh, yeah. And they'll say yes. And I'll say, okay, well, what are we waiting on? The only thing that's you know, stopping you is you. If you've already made the money, you almost owe the guy. Shit, boy, it's more than $300. I know that. And I always help you close more than one deal. Yeah, and it's crazy to even think when you really put a number on it. And I'm like, you know, my, you know some of my courses, you know, 2500 5000 20000 whatever it is. And they buy them. And I'm like, well, I can't afford that. I was like, how much can, can you afford not to do it? Because if you keep doing what you're doing, do you think you're going to make any more money? Or I want to wait till I want to wait three months from now. And I said, okay, what happens? How much money are you going to lose in that three months? And how much money could you have made if you would have bought it? Okay, well, now you put it that way, right? And it's you got to make it almost simple for these guys. I always tell guys, like, it costs you more It costs you more to not do it, the cost of, of, of inaction and not, you know, doing something. Because imagine this. So let's just take a, you know, an objection. I always use an objection example. Let's just say, hey, what's your best price? As a sales guy, you're probably getting hit with that 
more than anything in the world, what's your best price, right? Well, let's just say that guy, you know, gets it's a $500 commission. Well, yeah. let's just say he only gets hit with that twice a week, which in reality, if you're a heavy hitter sales guy, you're probably getting hit with that a couple times a day. But let's just say twice a week, just for fair math, right? So that's $1,000 a week, $4,000 a month, just on what's your best price. It's going to cost you way more to not do the training and know how to overcome that than to sit there and, and, and not do it. So you, you, ha you have to learn it or you're just going to be losing money. No, I agree. So you're 23, right? You're working, you're working for Andy, making, making, sounds like you're making pretty good money now. Yep. Do you agree? Okay. I'll, I'll clear just under a million in commissions this year. Million dollars. You hear that? Million dollars in commissions. So what's the, what's next? Like, I mean, obviously you're working for Andy, you're building this thing out, you're building your personal brand, you know, obviously at some point there's, there's, the, there's a life after it, man. It is like, you could say what you want. You're right now. I think one thing that we're not paying attention to is important. I, and my camera guys are here too. And I tell them the same thing all the time. I would rather make less money and go be around someone that's going to influence me and give me an opportunity to grow yep. than to be just go work at fucking flipping burgers. Anybody can go flip burgers, right? Oh, you know, I talked to some guys like, oh, I, in my, some of my office, like I can make more money doing this. I said, you can, but is it going to make you more money long-term? Mm -hmm. So obviously you have the impact of what's Andy's going, but dude, everybody has goals, aspirations, and dreams. I know you, I know I, you do, man. What, so where do I, you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself still with him. I know that's really hard to believe, um, but the way that he treats us and what we've built together, again, back to the team, um, he allows us to build our own brands and platforms. So say I wanted to also have you know, my own sales training courses and my own things throughout the company. Even if you look at it from a monetary standpoint, the cost of what it would take me to go out and do my own thing and build a brand and money in, money out, like to go and do it, it would, it would almost cost me more money to do it on my own versus doing it with him. And I wouldn't have the team. And also at the same time, the industry, I feel like you know a lot of people will bite the hand that feeds them and they'll go out and it's like, dude, this guy, I mean, I'll be honest, this guy's built me to be the person I would um, to go and be. And I think a lot of people, you know, oh, I'm, I'm the shit now. I'm, you know, I can do it. It's like, this guy's taught me everything. The way that I speak, the way that I communicate, the way, you know, my intentions has really built me. So I honestly see uh, us just growing this company to be something gargantuous, to be like, you know, a fucking Fortune 100 company in the next 10 years. So you guys hear that? So I was testing his ass real quick to see what he would do. And this is exactly what happens. So many guys, they start out, they start killing it in sales, and they think they can go start their own business, right? And they don't understand what the guy that ran that business, started that business, put in the work behind it. Because I, I was there, right? I was a young sales guy. I became the top sales guy, and I'm like, I could start my own business. And then I really realized quickly how shitty it is to be the business owner. Being the business <laughs> owner on a startup fucking sucks, dude. All your money's out. I mean, I went three years without paying myself, like literally every penny went back into my business just to be able to grow it to where now I make as much from the business as I was making as a sales guy fucking four years ago. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things is that you have, you have to realize the opportunity that you have and the person, the people that put you in that position. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I'm going to start my own business. Most people that have, most people that have an entrepreneurial seizure usually fail. Th this whole like, uh, and there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, wrong with, you know, going out to be an entrepreneur. I think and what is the what's the statistics on like starting your own business? Like ninety nine out of hundred ninety five percent failure rate. Ninety five percent fail. There's nothing wrong, and I think that all of this this influencer stuff. And you guys, once you you haven't been in this space long enough to realize that a lot of these guys that you may see as influencers aren't really making the money, or are the people that you think them out to be that are on their on their brands. I'll just tell you that straight up. These people that you think are great people and are making a lot of money, you know they aren't the people that you think you are. And some of them, some of them truly are. You'll, you'll tell out of the gate when you can meet somebody if there's someone that, uh, that's really who they are. Yeah, and you know, it's everybody, everything seems freaking better on the other side. And then when you've got, a, all of a sudden you got, you're in charge of running your own website. You're, you're, yep. you, got, you got employees, you got customers yelling at you, dealing with all this shit. It all kind of adds up, man. So I, like I said, I wanted to test you because we had dinner last night. And oh, I yeah, said you were going to do that. 
Um, so 10 years from now, you guys want to grow this business. How many employees do you guys have now? We got about 60 guys that run around. 60 yep. employees. We got about, we got about 60. What would you say the makeup of those employees? Mostly sales reps or what are, what are yeah, we Yeah, so at? about we got about 30, 35 are sales reps. The other, you know, 25 are different people in support, different tech um, for light speed. Um, shit, we have shit, six, six, seven guys that are in digital, you know, media, helping us with social media content that are editing and stuff like that too. Um, every piece of our team is, is critical to growing. And we got people that are just now coming in that have, we're making – you know, $15,000 that are taking jobs and aren't even in sales jobs and sales roles just to be a part of, of the community and part of the culture to grow because they see they see where it's going. Okay, and we got to we we tell this story before we get off this podcast. So tell me about the guy that came across the country. Oh, the, the my guy that came across. Let's talk about this. We were talking about this at dinner last night. This and I'm crazy. like, holy shit, let's, let's, let's hear this story a little bit. This one's pretty good. So we had this guy come in and, um, you know, I guess he saw something out there that, you know, we were hiring and, you know, we're always bringing in people for, for real financial for um, Andy's and Andy and Brad's insurance company. And um, this guy comes in and he's in our meeting and we don't know who he is. We thought we thought he was uh, someone that was part of our of our new, you know, growing insurance company because people come in and make calls and they'll come and say what's up. So we had figured that he had to introduce himself to somebody and someone said he was OK to be there. No idea. He's in our meeting and he's and he's having a whole meeting. He's there till 12 until someone's like, dude, who the fuck is this guy? Who is this guy? And then we go in and we realize that he was like, hey, I'm, I'm working for you. And he's like, what? Excuse me? And he's like, no, I drove across the country. You know, I work for you now. And he's like, that's not how this works. Like, like we love you, but that's not how this works. And the whole time he thought it was a test from Andy, like, to, like, hold his ground and, like, get the job. And about an hour goes by and he's like, we're having a whole conversation. And he's like, listen, you know, we love you, but you got to get the fuck out, dude. Like, this is getting crazy. The guy's talking about sleeping in his car. I'm not leaving. Cops come. The cops are in there, and they're talking to him, taking notes. And the cops are almost, like, laughing, like, is this fucking real right now? The guy thought it was also a test that the cops were there. This is how crazy this guy was. And, and we built some raging fans, man. We, we built some people. This, that, this is the power of building a brand, we, right? We, like, we, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. We built some raging fans that people just want to be around us. They come out, you know, just like me. I didn't come out with a, with a pay plan or a guarantee or a fucking draw or anything like that. But this guy comes, and... The, literally, the cops take him all the way out up until literally he leaves and goes home, and they write him like a, a citation or whatever they wrote him, that he then texted back into he, which he thought was you know Andy's Andy's phone, but it was our inbound lead number, and um, he was like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I thought it was a test all the way through. He wrote this huge thing. And we're like, dude, man. So all for all for you guys that like you know want to go and get a job, you know, I don't know if that's the way to go about it. You know, I like the tenacity and, and, you know, even you've brought on people like that. But, you know, there's a there's a better way to uh, to go about it. But I like the balls. <laughs> hey, you know what? You can't you can't hate the guy for trying. But yeah, that's a little crazy. I heard that last night. I'm like, God damn. Well, it's also scary, too, because you don't you never know. I think that's one thing that's that's always nerve wracking because I put we put so much stuff out there into you know, into the universe about us. And these people feel like, you know, I got some people that follow me like I watch every video you make and I watch every word and I'm like. Dude, it gets a little scary. <laughs> I, th I think one thing, and I'll leave everybody on this. I like to teach guys um, on execution over perfection. And I, I think a lot of guys will watch a lot of your content but not take a whole lot of action. Yeah. And it's almost like you turn yourself into a fan versus you know an executionist, which is actually what we're trying to teach you to do is go out and make money from the stuff that we're telling you or we're going to teach you. So if you take anything away from this podcast, taking a lot of stuff, the way that I've grown a whole lot and the way that Victor's grown a whole lot is taking information, moving from problem to solution super, super fast, and um, just – 
execution over perfection. You don't need to perfect the word tracks. You don't need to perfect the training. You don't need to perfect your industry. You know, you just have to jump first, figure out the rest of shit later, and um, you'll look up in a few years and you'll build something badass. Yeah, put and just keep putting yourself in those rooms, right? Like, you know, that's one thing that I always did is I put myself in rooms I didn't belong until I belonged, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. one thing you can do with all the events and things like that. So. If anybody's looking to get some badass training, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you guys are in. I know I got people that listen from all different genres, but if you're looking for badass training, badass accountability, uh, got to check out these guys. Got to check out Danny. Hit him up. Yep. Uh, what's the best way for them to reach you, Danny? Yeah, they can reach out. They can reach out to me on Instagram at official Danny Klein, or they can shoot me a text at 540-840-3241. We'll help you guys kill it. Yeah, reach out to them. I know we're going to be planning some events soon, hopefully with me, Andy, and Danny putting some oh, together yeah. at their uh, facility out in Arizona. But anyways, thank you for listening to the Profit Rocket Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, Danny, thanks for coming on. Thanks for flying yep. out to California, man. I'm excited to see what you do over the next couple of years. It's going to be fun to watch. Awesome. Thanks, bro. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you.